It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name's James True Penny. This is my show, and today we are at the Eddie on Arona, a Saka Joe Hall, as we like to call it, because it will always be a Saka Joe Hall for us. For the New Japan show of Power Struggle, which took place on Saturday, and to join me to discuss this momentous event, well, maybe not as momentous as New Japan would like us to believe, is Mr. John Dinsdale. How are you, sir? I am okay. It is very early. I have just fueled up on coffee, and I get to talk about a meh New Japan show. It's... It, it's really not that early. We're sorry this is late, by the way. Uh, John wasn't available until today, so we thought we'd rather have a conversation and talk about it properly than me doing the show by myself and it lasting 10 minutes. So uh, we will be doing, I will be doing World Tag League like that, but I don't really fancy doing a full important proper show like that. I would like other opinions, usually that differ to mine would be nice. And as John's generally tend to differ to mine, then he's the man for the job. Before we get started, thank you very much for the support on Twitter from my friends and listeners about my dad. He is in surgery now as we speak, so hopefully I'll have more news on him before the end of the day. But thank you for showing your love, and thank you to Tesco's for being so lovely about the fact that one of their delivery drivers helped him out, and that was really nice of them. So thanks for that. Just thought I'd mention it. (laughs) But yes, he's okay. He's doing all right. He's comfortable. Glad to hear it. Thank you very much. Right then, so we're at the Eddie on Arena. Um, interesting, yeah. This is Yohei Yoshini Onisha, Yuchi Tabata, Shinji Yoshiani, Milano Collection AT, and Jushin Thunder Liger on commentary. By hell, they threw a commentary team at this. <laughs> and of course, yeah, I it was. I uh, used that commentary team. I was listening to the English one. <laughs> yeah, so the English was uh, Kevin Kelly, uh, Rocky, and Chris. And, Rocky and Chris, yeah. Um, they were very good. And it's nice to hear all three of them with Gino Gambino via text message. Um, I did have a go at Gino this weekend because he was supposed to be in training for this year's Best of Super Juniors. He's had even longer and he's not down to wait for it. Oh. He told he told me he'd forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do you, Gino. You do you. Let's do the opening, which was Toriano versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the King of Pro Wrestling Championship. The, the King of Pro Wrestling Championship is always under predetermined rules, and this year's pre this this match's predetermined rules or specialist rules was a no corner pads match. Uh, Twelve minutes and eleven seconds, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, sorry, twelve minutes and eleven seconds, and it was a pretty good match. What did you think of this? This was a really weird opener. Like I'm, I'm used to Iron matches. This had a very different energy to the to your usual New Japan opener. It was a bit WWE in that sense. Put the throwaway opener on first. I wouldn't say oh. this was throwaway though, given who was in it. No, no. I, I mean, I think it's an interesting results with Toriano winning the match over Zack Sabre Jr. as well. I kind of figured it would be Toriano. It was interesting to see how they did it. Um, and I think that's the joy of it. I mean, someone said on, on Twitter this week, New Japan's booking is predictable, but it kind of goes to show you can be predictable and still put on thrilling stories. And I think this is kind of a better example than what they were talking about, <laughs> they were talking about later on on the card. But it's predictable that Toriyama is going to win. And then it's just the puzzle of how he's going to get there. 
isn't it? And that's the entertaining bit. You know he's going to win somehow. He's just got to figure it out. And he's usually figured it out before you do. And as long as that keeps happening, it'll still be entertaining. Oh, without a doubt. I just love the fact that Yano was like, right, we're going to do this stipulation two minutes in. No, get those pads back on. This hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Someone asked on Twitter... Someone asked on Twitter this week, when did he go from being a badass shooter to being this? And it is like, well, you know, he, he wasn't that exciting when he was a badass shooter. <laughs> and now he is. And Zack Sabre Jr. is the ideal person to get frustrated with him. To be honest with you, this was Jim Briggs versus Cat Weasel from 1979, reapplied for a Japanese audience. And that, that doesn't any- surprise me. No, it was it because it, Zach Saber Jr. actually well until to be fair, Jim Briggs is a kind of an awkward character to talk about because he is sadly um, well he's in prison at the moment for um, attempted murder and possibly murder of his partner because of his dementia. Where no one thinks that he actually intentionally tried to murder anybody, but it's a difficult thing to talk about if that makes sense. Oh. I haven't really talked about him much on the Tribune show. He moved to Spain when he retired. He was a publican and a wrestler, massively successful for a very long period of time. And then, sadly for him, slowly slipped into dementia. And, you know, this has happened to other people as well. Nick um, Bern Gagne also slipped into dementia as well and sadly killed someone whilst living in a, a, a retirement home. And this is kind of a similar situation. Um, the case hasn't been tried yet. And obviously, Jim is currently. Uh, I'm assuming, being looked after by the Spanish authorities. So it's it's kind of a horrible one, and it is noticeable that Zach stopped using the break spe- Jim Brake special as a, as a hold uh, not long after that trial, and I think that's a very sensible thing to do. But it's an awkward conversation to have, but Jim Briggs was a great wrestler, but it's one of those, until we know or find out what happens, it's really difficult to talk about, isn't it? Sorry, I've got a bit dark in this, in this fun opener, but it is... It was it's something I kind of wanted to explain for a while, and I've never really had the opportunity to. So, yeah, sorry. No, I feel like but, it's always good to have those details out there. It does yeah, also explain I, why the gym breaks armbar suddenly disappeared. Yeah, uh, for those of you not seen the gym break special, it is an absolutely ludicrously vicious finishing hold you would never believe was invented by a British wrestler because, like most people, needed to go to work on Monday morning. And he used to kind of like fold their arm into a way that you didn't think was humanly possible. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and it used to be a finish. Uh, Daniel Bryan used it for a long time as well. But anyway, let's move on to happier things. Well, as much as Shingo Takagi beating Minoru Suzuki half to death can be a happier thing, and vice versa. They truly enjoy one another's company, do Shingo and Minoru, don't they? Yeah, mainly because it's one of those types of matches where it's like, right, just hit me as hard as you can. Really? Yes. yes. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki's favorite thing in the world is beating people up, and his second favorite thing is getting beat up. And Shingo is the man for the job. <laughs> his third favorite <laughs> thing is pulling hilarious facial expressions as he is getting beaten up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were kind of talking about Minoru Suzuki being a spent force in New Japan Pro Wrestling and picking his spots, but he's been the man for a lot of this summer. We talked more about him during the G1 than we talked about a lot of other people who should have done better. Um, and he's still he's still a threat. He's still a main event level performer if you put him in the right place, I think. 
Yeah, he just he's genuinely still one of the most badass wrestlers on the planet. And you know for a yeah. fact if you put him in a match, he's going to take someone's jaw off. Especially yeah. if he's motivated to do so. Which, <laughs> again, Shingo, of course he is. I'm, wond- I'm wondering as well if this is a rematch of Wrestle Kingdom because there's no one really else in the Never an Open Weight kind of division who's applicable, I don't think, at the minute. And they've had some cracking matches. And if you're looking for something to spike a draw, Shingo versus Suzuki is well worth putting on a card anywhere, isn't it? And I think this would be really... I mean, they could go with Tomohiro Ishii again, but he's kind of tied up with other things. He'll have the Never Open Weight six-man tag team titles to defend. I just hope um, you don't go to again. Like that. No, I will say he's, he's in the same position, isn't he? He might have a crack on night two, but I don't think... And also, I don't think he does Goto any good. He should be running higher than that. But, you know, where are they going to stick Goto? But he's got that Never Open Weight six-man championships. They're trying to make them look like a serious championship again with him, Yoshihashi and Ishii. And I think they'll want a serious matchup rather than a gauntlet match like they had last year. So I think those three are tied up, and they're the three obvious people you would put as a challenger to Takagi, to I think. So they're Abushi. Abushi's going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Takagi, I don't know. I mean, who do you run against Shingo Takagi? I think Minoru Suzuki's kind of like the perfect option myself. Unless you go with Zack Sabre Jr. as the assassin of Suzuki Gun to go right the wrong, which would be interesting. I don't know. I never did. want another piss and vinegar fest between these two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a possibility. I think I don't know. It's it's tricky to, to say. I think it's difficult to say what's going to happen with that. Usually, um, say I'm I not really a, sure. Usually, I wouldn't say I want a third match between a duo, but these two, I, I could happily watch them beat the hell out of each other for a few this more matches. This is fight forever, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. is fight forever. Yeah. Okay, then we'll move on to the next one, which was Kazuchika Okada versus the Great Okan, 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Which, uh, Great Okan accompanied by Will Ospreay, unfortunately. Um, There's just all kinds of wrong. (laughs) The level of wrongness in this match is just... It's it's kind of predictable booking because New Japan doesn't let people have a head start unless they're going to be absolute killers which I can understand. But yeah. equally, you're trying to establish a new faction, so maybe you want to give them some rub. In which case, what's the point of sticking in with, in with Okada? Yeah. Give him to Yoshihashi or Ishii or Goto, because he can beat them, and it won't really affect the greater scheme of things. I mean, Sorry, it wouldn't have affected the greater scheme of things if he bloody won. He had the slimiest get in wrestling in his bloody corner. <laughs> this is the dumbest match on the card because it's like, oh cool, we've got this undefeated guy from Rev Pro who we sent there on excursion, who's made this monster of a character who completely decimated Okada when he first appeared. Oh, he's just been put to sleep. Oh no, yep. In thirty, in 30 minutes, by the way. Why? Yeah, and you and you've essentially just jobbed out the entire Rev Pro roster. Like, yeah, nobody, it... nobody cares if Okada loses a match, especially in these circumstances where it's the third match on a six-match card to establish something. Yeah, 
you've had him. You can... You've had Orkan beating the hell out of him for about ten minutes. You, you've made him look like a joke. You, yeah, oh my god. I'm not even that bigger fan of Orkan. I've only seen him in a few matches, but if I was gonna have him be the handyman, the villainous sidekick to the guy you want to be the big heel to go against Okada, you don't want him losing in under 13 minutes because a submission put him to sleep. <laughs> I I hate the money clip. I genuinely am starting to hate that finisher because it is literally, literally always used on the best people. And it's just like, oh yeah, put him to sleep. It's like, come on. Give it the okay. rain maker for Christ's sake. If if you're trying to establish new people, they've got to go out with a bang, not a whimper. And the bloody money clip is the most whimper of a move ever. Like I know it's supposed to be like a proper deadly submission hold. Cool. But it's not sold as one. It's literally just applied and then up oh, the path out. There's no Ugh. I, I, I... You okay. It's really <laughs> make me hate Okada. It's like I see Okada in a match, and I'm just like, oh, great. Money, how's he going to get the money <laughs> this time? Oh, God. Yep, there we go. Up oh, there we out. Oh. I, I, I asked Sergeant Slaughter uh, about the use of the money clip, and he approved, you know, the, the world's leading applicator of the Cobra clutch. And he said it shouldn't be tried at home. And he said Okada's on it. He's got it right. So. If Sergeant Slaughter approves, then I'm 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 indifferent. But there you go. Just saying, I've done my research. I know it's not like <laughs> hell. I've I've talked to wrestlers who've been put in it, but it's like because New Japan really doesn't use submissions all that much. When not you think anymore. about they've got like no. four people who tend to use them. So all of a sudden, Okada busts this one out. The application might be right, but nobody knows how to sell the damn thing. So you're literally yeah. there just watching this guy flail lightly on the floor as Okada's got his arm trapped, choking him out, and the ref's there just like, stop, stop, stop. And it's like, what? He's only been in it for like a, a few seconds. Like, New Japan love drawing out these submission spots. So it, it's so counter to what you're used Can... to seeing from a New Japan submission standpoint. Like, I think I... that's the... Sorry. I was going to say Bar Zack Sabre Jr. That's this is really the only other devastating submission at the moment. I think this is the issue. It's like um, as Zack Sabre Jr. has said in promos, he said, "I'm strong style," and he is because he comes from the Wigan tradition. He is uh, he's not a Wigan shooter, but he wrestles like a Wigan shooter does. You know, he's of the the shoot style tradition much more than New Japan regulars are because. Akada isn't a New Japan guy per se. Yes, he went to the New Japan Dojo, but most of his style comes from Lucha Libre. You know, that's his, he's got that big match North American high spot style, but it's essentially trained into him by the Dragon Gate guys, the Torimon guys. He's, he's an Ultimo Dragon devotee. I know he can't wrestle like Ultimo Dragon, let's be honest, because <laughs> he's a bit about a foot too tall for that, but he wrestles his match style in that style. And there's been no one in mainstream Japanese wrestling, or certainly New Japan Pro Wrestling, who's wrestled that style for a long time. So when he introduces something new, it either looks amazing 
or doesn't get sold properly, like you said. Yeah, I don't think it's the card's fault, but I don't think that people are selling it properly, like you said. And I think that's a big issue with New Japan wrestlers in general. You know, this is the strong style company. This is supposed to make wrestling like a real sport. And the moment anybody does, they don't really know how to sell it properly because everything's based on King's Road style, big finish storylines. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's it's made for some incredible matches. But there's sometimes it does jar when you try and do something slightly out of the ordinary, out of that kind of style. I think the, the knock on King's Road back in the day with the four pillars of heaven was that it meant for predictability once you've cycled through all your stars. Because the idea behind the King's Road is a lesser wrestler has to chain moves together to get a win over a better wrestler, right? Well, eventually fans did the maths and figure out who was going to beat who. And then they start watching because they already knew what the result was going to be. And that's the reason for the Noah splits. That's the reason why Masaura and Teyu and Kabashi went, uh, we, we need to change things. We can't stick around and do the same style every day all, all the time. And that's the issue that they've kind of run into with this is there's a predictability about the money clip and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly good finish maneuver if applied properly. Like I said, Sergeant Slaughter, Ted DiBiase, um, you know, all of these guys have used it down the years to great success. His is a slight variation on the Cobra Clutch, but it's basically the same thing. And it's just a matter of how you apply it. This isn't the WWE in the 80s where you get 50, you know, jobber matches to establish a finish maneuver. It's kind of got to get over fairly quickly, and it's taken a bloody long time for Ricardo to do this. I just wish it would stop getting forced down our throats. Like, he only ever wins matches with the money clip, or he loses. It's like, you can throw in a Rainmaker in one every five matches just so people remember it existed. It's because this the the money clips just giving diminishing returns because as I said I'm already sick of seeing it because it keeps just putting people to sleep. There's no sort of heat to it. It's literally just up oh, supplied and he's dead. And it's like cool. I I love seeing sort of moves like that. I love seeing holds like that, but not after thirteen minutes. On a guy you're supposed to be building up. It would be great if like once in every five matches maybe you saw the Rainmaker so you could remember it existed. Because <laughs> the money clip's just having diminishing returns. It's yeah, I'm already sick of seeing it because it's just up oh, that they've been put to sleep, that's it. And it's like cool, you can have moves like that, but not after thirteen minutes on someone you're supposed to be building up. Like, yeah. Okan was a young lion. He's just come back from excursion, and he's just been master wattled. It's like, wow. Cool. Yeah, I think that's the issue, isn't it, really? And, you know, as well, I'm I'm not convinced about Great Okan's um, heavyweight status, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think he's a bit too small to be heavyweight for this. Like, I mean, I think in Ref Pro, he looks pretty big and bulky and yeah he's I've, I've 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 stood next to him in a queue in a cafe once and he was like he's a big lad but i'm an inch taller than he is um so you know that kind of like makes me go hmm, hmm. but there we go it's uh we'll see anywho uh and of course <laughs> that's um i suppose we should talk about mr tone death 
um, and his uh, look, which made him look somewhat like a rather uh, well-dressed accountant and about as intimidating as a chocolate finger. Uh, Your thoughts? Oh, yeah, and about um, insert random football team who I probably don't know. <laughs> Darlington County, how about that? I, I feel like this is just what Osprey is like in his natural habitat. Just a, a, a what smug, is in his natural habitat? A smug, holier-than-thou, arrogant little prick. It's like, oh, here's money, here's money, here's money. Look at my money. It's like, look who fled to the other side of the world. Yes. Look who had to turn heel because nobody likes you. It's like you can run down all this stuff, but people are just thinking in their heads the entire time. Yep, defended a nonce, defended a nonce. That's why you're a heel, mate, not because you're some arrogant, super skilled little... Like, yeah, you're great at the wrestles, but nobody likes you. Crowdfunded, tried to crowdfund a car for your mum, had a documentary made that never paid any money. Yeah, just awful just, human being. He will unfortunately be wrestling a car. He threw that watch. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't exactly looking where he threw it. It was just suddenly, oh yeah, look at this watch. Look, $10,000. I was just waiting yeah. to hear it go, and someone go, ow. What's the odds it was a knockoff from a market in Osaka? Anywho. Of course it was going to uh, be. Yes, no let's wrestler. move He's going to throw away a 10,000 <laughs> for the sake of a bit. I think even Will Ospreay's got that much common sense. Oh, I'm not completely convinced. Anywho, let us look at the next matchup and think of better things. Kenta I, defeated uh, Hiroshi Tan... Yeah, just Kenta be- defeated... Sorry, just before Carry they did on. this match, there was um, a little sort of sizzle reel for the best of the super juniors and it showed all like the matches and the people in it and i'm just wondering who's going to take more losses doki or master wato master wato i think doki's going to win a few i think they're going to actually put up some zing behind him this year really he's very he's very popular a lot of fans do like him a lot and i think yeah yeah i think i think he's I think he's going to move on. I think he's going to move up somehow. I'm not sure how. I actually would. I I wouldn't mind seeing him. Well, yeah, him versus uh, Taiji Shimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. I think that would be a lot of fun. To be honest with you, yeah, that would be a fun match. That would be a good baddie versus baddie match. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. I think Despy gets first crack out the Suzuki Gun guys, but um, yeah, I think that'd be cool and interesting. Oh, Despy lost to him, didn't he? So yeah, there you go. Dookie's next in line from the Suzuki Gun mob. Oh, I suppose Nobu. Oh, Nobu's out injured at the minute, isn't he? He's got a minor nice. injury. So he's nice, apparently in the tournament still. Yeah, I, I think there was supposed to defend the tag titles at this show, but pulled out because of a minor injury. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting field for this year's tournament. Because I think I yeah, there's just not a lot of people they can really use. So they've done the Super Jacob on the other side of the world that's got some really interesting names in it. And TJP. And um, 
Well, well, I'll tell you what, we'll do all three tournaments as a preview after we finish talking about these matches. We'll go deep, if that's all right with you. Yeah, because I don't think we're going to get much more out of this show. No, let's go. Kenta and Hiroshi Tanahashi, 19 minutes and 57 seconds in a very good match, actually. I thought this was really well done. I think it kind of put Kenta over a bit more as a serious threat to John Moxley. Hiroshi Tanahashi is at his absolute best when he's telling a story. I actually watched a GIF. Kieran, who does all the GIFs, New Japan GIFs on, on Twitter, for, uh, it was like the ninth anniversary of Shinsuke Nakamura versus Hiroshi Tanahashi at Power Struggle in 2011, I think, for the I IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Men- I think commentary mentioned that. Yeah. And he, you just realise how much Tanahashi has slowed down. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. He just can't go. But he was like, he was 10 years into a career. He's now 20 years into a career. And it, it, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he's still incredibly useful, especially in situations like this. You're trying to make Kento, who's had an up and down year, and you can excuse that with his with the, the Bullet Club stuff. It's given him a good excuse of like, you know, well, it was the referee's fault, the cameraman was in the way, da 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 But this was the Kenta I'd like to see and the Hiroshi Tanahashi I'd like to see. Kenta can't do what he used to do either, so it was never going to be breathtaking. But I think it served what it was supposed to do and told a good story. What's your thoughts on this one, John? It was bloody vicious, I know that. Oh, yeah, I think they were trying to make, I think they were trying to make up for shortfall in ability by hitting each other as hard as possible, because sometimes spinning back this, Haji Kong would have winced that. <laughs> this was way better than I expected it to be because like both guys at this point are kind of known for the slower take to matches so I'm like oh cool two slower guys in a match this this could be horrible but no it didn't feel as long as it was and yeah I I actually enjoyed it a fair bit as you said Tanahashi top storyteller Kenta got to be a ruthless ruthless Jerk. asshole yeah it was <laughs> it was genuinely just good fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched this again because my dad, who's making more uh, more um, uh, cameos in this podcast at the minute than you possibly think, um, my dad rang me on Saturday morning before the hell happened. And uh, he rang me whilst I was watching this match. I was watching it like I thought, I've got a Saturday morning. It's lockdown. I've got a Saturday morning off. I'm not teaching anybody. I'll actually be able to watch this show all the way through without any interruptions. And then my dad called me at half eight in the morning. So, <laughs> it's like, why is my dad calling me at half eight in the morning? I'd have probably only been asleep for about an hour. So I'd have yeah, been livid so... if someone had rang me at that time. <laughs> anyway, so yes, so you, um, move on to... But anyway, yeah, I watched it again. And it was like, this is really good. It was really solid. It wasn't... It wasn't made of a New Japan standard quite, but then it wasn't supposed to be either. And I think it was good. And it kind of puts a placeholder for John Moxley in place. I think Kenta versus Moxley will be really interesting. The two WWE rejects, as it were. Uh, but they're not really rejects. They both left of their own accord and are both trying to tell their own story. So I think that helps the narrative a lot. So it'll be interesting to watch those two because they would never have... Well, I suppose they might have wrestled each other on NXT somewhere at the tail end of Moxley's... NXT run and the beginning of Kenta's NXT run, I can't remember, but um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to watch those two together. I, I think. based on what I saw at uh, Full Gear on Saturday, John and Bloodsport, John Moxley and Kenta are going to have a very fun fight. I think so as well. Because it's it's not going to be your traditional wrestling match. Oh God, no. 
Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a bit stiff. Yeah, there's there's probably just going to be about twenty minutes of each other, tr- like trying to give each other CTE. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, you've seen Kingston Marks yet? No, I haven't seen Kingston versus Moxley yet, so oh, I'm kind of looking for. I I haven't watched anything. it because I just haven't watched it. We was going to watch it. Um, with me and Chrissy, my friend Chrissy, we always watched wrestling on a Sunday night. But as you can imagine, I had a pretty emotional day yesterday, so yeah. I decided to knock it off. So um, yeah, I will get to catch it this week. Um, but let's just go on to the semi-main event. Jay White with Ghetto defeated Coach Rabushi in 18 minutes and 47 seconds in a very odd ending for a New Japan show <laughs> with Jay White with his feet on the ropes. I never understand the feet on the ropes as a finish because surely it offers less leverage because your body's not directly weighted down on your opponent. It should surely make it easier for him to kick out. I think the idea is you're supposed to be able to press down more because you've got something supporting you. So it's kind of. I'm not convinced. Mm. I mean, I wasn't convinced by the fact the ref was staring directly at it and didn't bloody react. No, I mean it was badly. It was just badly done. Finish. I know what they're trying to do, but I think they could have done the same thing with a chair shot or something else. It's like they come up with all these creative finishes for Yano. They should have. They should have had Yano road manage this road, but um, road manage this match. And he could he could come up with a much better finish than the difference. I think they're kind of just yeah. sick of having Jay White win with lower blows, so they were like, right, we'll, we'll we'll use one of the other heel playbook. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're trying to vary things, and fair enough. But it is like, and it, it, I think it was also brave having Jay White win. I think it was a good idea to have Jay White win because they've never never had the holder of the briefcase lose before. It holds off a Bushi story for another year, maybe. That was kind of undone at the post-match press conference, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and it made a different story. And it keeps Kazuchi Kurokada and Hiroshi Tanahashi out of the main event for Wrestle Kingdom. For the first time, they won't headline either of the matches at Wrestle Kingdom. So that's really important, I think. Um, and it creates a lot of, I think it's important for the future of the company. They're trying to get as much out of NATO as they can. I think the big match is still Okada, but Okada versus NATO. But Okada has kind of gone on record saying he wants to do something else. He wants to kind of tell different stories. And I think they hold off NATO versus Okada till at least next year, or maybe the year after, or until they've had time to pick up, build up somebody like Osprey or somebody like that to be the next big threat to NATO. Um, but yeah, I think this is interesting. I think this is this is a good idea. What's your thoughts on the actual booking and what's your thoughts on the actual match? The match is great. These two are sort of a tried and tested commodity. If you put them in a match together, it's going to be mm. enjoyable. Because Ibushi, you can't help but root for, and Jay White, you can't help but detest, says the biggest Jay White fan on the planet. Anyway, <laughs> I love you detest fact- him in a good way. I love the fact that of every like of anyone you could pick to steal the briefcase, they one hundred percent pick the best person because yeah, Jay White is slimy enough to get away with it. It's like he screwed over Abushi because Abushi never beat him, and the J One still lives on. It's it's great booking, and I just wish I could sit like go into it with a hundred percent certainty. Say, yeah, he's going to beat Naito now. I'm going to get to see Jay White as a double champ because I'm probably not. (laughs) 
Yes, that's that's the intriguing. We'll talk about the, the Wrestle Kingdom booking and the effect on Wrestle Kingdom this match had after we talked about this match, which was the main event, Tetsuya Nato in his rubber match with Evil, uh, who was, of course, accompanied by the spoiled Dick Tago. 33 minutes and 8 seconds in a match that could really have done to be about 20 minutes shorter, to be honest. Uh... Uh, I, we've had this discussion before, and I think, I think I pretty much hit my thoughts on the head when I talked to you uh, we, we DM a lot on Twitter when we, talk, we discuss these matches. But I think, as you've said, evil, this, I think this evil is not a main event commodity. And I quite agree with you with that. I think the old LIJ face evil was a main event commodity. And I understand why they've made choices on him not being as stoic and not being as, uh, what's the word, dependable in the main event position. It, they are choices made for his character. And I think he could carry a 35-minute match, but not in the way he's currently wrestling. What's your thoughts on that, John? Because it is, it is difficult to kind of get out this match. That's uh, It's not dreadful. It's perfectly watchable, but it is full of a bunch of stuff that isn't, doesn't seem necessary. It's probably you... the best match these two have had together. Oh, yeah, by a mile. Definitely. At this point, you know what you're getting. You've tempered your expectations a bit. And Naito goes into his role perfectly. There's a nice mix between technical babyface Naito and rude or heel Naito to counteract evil just being a tall knob. You get a few comedy run-ins because apparently Yujiro Takahashi was on ring crew or something, decided to try and attack. <laughs> Only for Sonata. Why was he in his... I'm sorry what? to interrupt, but why was he in his ring gear? I don't know. What, what He's was not on that happen? show. Then you had bloody Sonata come out in casual clothes and carry him and Dick Togo away in a comedic fashion. Then you had Jay yeah. White and Kota Ibushi reenact Benny Hill as they sort of run around the ring a bit. It's, <laughs> it's like they sort of realised, yeah, these two, they're not going to carry 35 minutes. Let's let's just have a few run-ins, you know, a couple of couple of jokes, a couple of funny bits. We'll, we'll keep them going. I think my highlight from this match is Kevin Kelly in a Zoom call trying to say Destino and blowing his mic out twice. That that popped me more than pretty much anything in this match, and that's yeah. that's really sad because like both guys in it are really good, just not together, and I don't think we needed a third evil Naito match. Naito, <laughs> Naito actually said at the press con- press conference before this show that he said. You can leave after the semi-final. Watch Jay White and Ibushi. You, you don't have to stop for this one. I'm bored of it, so you must be. <laughs> so, yeah. He on the head. Yeah, he still tried. Yeah, that's it. What, so, what exactly is the point of Dick Togo, by the way? Like, you've got one of the greatest sort of... Was he a junior? I, he's, uh, to be honest with you, Dick Togo is still better than half the people on the New Japan roster. I wish they'd let him wrestle. I know he's not exactly there to wrestle. He's there for a paycheck. But, like, bloody hell, man. You call him the spoiler, and all he usually does is spoil about two minutes, then get taken out by someone else. You've got a guy that literally garrots people, for Christ's sake. And that's apparently (laughs) less effective than the money clip. I'm sorry, what? 
<laughs> I think so, a yeah, no, I... bit of piano wire is going to be way deadlier than your own arm. Yeah. This Anywho. main event scene is such a mess. Hopefully we will get that sorted because it was announced at the following day's press conference there will be two main events, obviously on the 4th and 5th. Oh, and after the running by Jay White at the end, who's got the championship challenge, Jay White will be wrestling whoever is IWGP and Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion on the 5th of January. And Kota Ibushi will challenge Tetsuya Naito on the 4th of January for the double championship, uh, which seems fair. Uh, because, you know, um, there's no one on the... Jay White said he's not wrestling him on the 5th because he wants to wrestle the tired Naito which is the perfectly slimy sleazeball thing to do rather than the noble thing. And um, he's got nothing to do. And Ibushi is kind of like the deserving challenger. And Nato isn't a babyface, but he has said he wanted to test himself against the best wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Kota Ibushi, so by winning the G1 Clax, is... Past... Sorry? So why has he been fighting evil for the past three months? That's not his fault. <laughs> he didn't want to. It was New Japan who said that. He's actually gone and said, I don't, I don't want to wrestle him anymore. I'm sick of it. It's boring. Can I That's wrestle somebody so else, please? Such a good laugh. <laughs> oh, well. But yes, yeah, so that will be your Wrestle Kingdom main event. It is unlikely to change because whoever is a champion at this event gets to keep, stay out of World Tag League and not defend their titles until Wrestle Kingdom. So you will have Kenta versus Jay Moxley, John Moxley for the US Heavyweight Championship. The double championship will be Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito, and the winner of that will face Jay White on the fifth. And then the Nevro Point Championship, we don't know. It's challenging for that. And then the World Tag League champions and the Best of Super Junior champions will challenge the relative championships for that. And we don't know who's challenging for the six-man championships yet. I think I covered everything there. So should we go on to World Tag League? Uh, if we must. I'm trying to find All where... Right. Was... Ah, here we go. World Tag League. Okay, yeah. so I'm going I'm to go... I'm on the Wikipedia page. I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. I've got okay, so little gritty thing ready. Okay, then. So Roshi Tanahashi and Toa Honore was one of the first teams announced. Why? <laughs> Yotosuji has been campaigning to be Hiroshi Tanahashi's partner for World Tag League, exactly. and I'm slightly aggrieved that, well, I suppose Toa Henry like was first, they want to kind of give him a bit of a push, um, as he's done nothing for a year, because he's not been able to be in Japan, which is fair enough. With, he should have been with Orkan, just as the people who just grunt and scream. <laughs> Speaking like of, well... Because you could go just on. literally go for like the post-match promo thing and literally it'll just be ah! and she's like, oh, very, <laughs> very cool. Great Okan, uh, our favourite Mongol, um, and he's announcing a new member of the Empire soon to be his tag team partner. I, I have no idea that, that. about someone who was meant to be in this faction. And if that's true, I don't know if it would have made it better or worse. Are you going to say who's going to be rumoured to be, or are you going to keep well, it to yourself? I don't think it'll happen anymore, but apparently when this was all originally being planned, Chris Jericho was meant to be part of Osprey's faction. Now, that, oh, could, <laughs> that could be the most baseless, unsubstantiated thing I've ever read, but I've seen it repeated a, a few times, and I'm just like, if that's true, then... 
Why? Yeah, he's Canadian. They were part of the Empire. But it's just More like... stories. Everything Jericho <laughs> has done in New Japan has been for self-gain as a sort of like solo in it for himself yeah. type person. He wouldn't join a faction, so... Yeah. I, I got a good laugh out of that. You watch, it's going to be someone completely... It does budget. open to the fact... I, I'm going to lay this out there for you. Great Khan, Tony Khan. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be oh, well. good because I do actually want Khan to be successful because... I am a massive fan of Lord Gideon Grey, and I want his. Sort I of... think the room, the rumor is it could be Lord Gideon Grey. I've heard that people talk about that this morning. Oh maybe my god! If it's Gideon Grey, then they better win tag league. Wait, that might put... be, that... I was going to say that might be more wishful thinking than actuality, but I don't seems get reasonable. Like that. Sorry, I'm just saying. Just saying. Anyway. So that's Graham O'Connor and whoever. Uh, th- you see, this is the thing is with World Tag League. They, they move all these teams around. Bad luck, Farley and Chase Owens. Chase is back. Some would argue why. Um, not because of his wrestling ability, which is outstanding, but the rumours hanging over his head. Um, which again, Apparently you did Yeah. Well, yes. So we've got other things that New Japan are ignoring because it's on a different continent, so therefore it doesn't exist. Um, and it's really hard work for me because I've been a big defender of Chase Owens and a big fan of Chase yeah. Owens. And then, yeah. Uh, but normally, Chase wrestles tags with Yujiro Takahashi. And I'd argue that Chase and Yujiro are one of the best tag teams in New Japan. Um, but he's tagging with Bad Luck Farley. So someone has to like do the heavy lifting for Farley. I'm hoping Farley's lost weight whilst he's been off. Because when he does big weight loss, you know he's going to try really hard. And that should be interesting. Um, your thoughts on that tag team's likelihood of success? Uh, just purely because it's Farley and Farley tends to do well when it's not for, say, a firing squad storyline. He does tend to do quite well in tournaments. I imagine he'll get a few wins. Shingo Takagi and Sonada. Obviously, Sonada and Evil are no more as a tag team, so Shingo Takagi is taking on there. I think they should do quite well. Your thoughts? Yeah, that, that's an interesting unit, actually, because you've got Raw Power and Sonada. And you've got someone <laughs> charismatic. And Sonata, it's... Sonata is charismatic. I'm not having this. <laughs> <laughs> I there just know how people... to get a rat. There are people who would set fire, their underwear, set fire to their underwear for Sonata, and you know that. Anyway. <laughs> got a second pair prepared, otherwise it's going to be quite cold. Yes, moving on. Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Now, last year, this is the thing. Hiroki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii last year were the third-place team and went like, went like gangbusters through the entire tournament. So they split the teams up and stuck with somebody else. <laughs> oh, okay, then. I, I think Yoshihashi and Goto should do fine, though. Mm, what do you... Yeah. I just hope, again, we get proper work here at Yoshihashi. I don't want him to sort of go back to being just the usual kind no, of... No, I, I, I think they... Goto and Yoshihashi did challenge for the Tag Team Championships at Kurokan Hall last Tuesday and had a bit of a corker, from what I understand. I didn't see the match. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I'll catch up with it this week. But yeah, I think they could be a real threat. They want to give them that push to the Tag Team Championships unless they're going to do something with them. So I think that should be interesting. Oh, this might be 
this means I might actually get to see Proud Dad Goto again. Aye, yes. Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, Dangerous Techers, uh, current IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. No tag team champions as one World Tag League. Hmm. I don't think, anyway. Pretty sure I'd, they haven't. I'll... I'd love to see this just so Tai Chi gets another big moniker. Like, that's it. It's just, oh, Tai Chi and Zack are the first team to win. Champion team to win World Tag League. Cool, Tai Chi got another accolade. <laughs> because Tai Chi is one of the best wrestlers in New Japan, and he deserves it. Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano tagging together for the first time, I think, in the World Tag League. That should be interesting, and I think we'll win a lot of matches. I hope so. These two just. They were one of the big teams when I was getting into New Japan, so it's nice to see them back again. Yes, this would be interesting, certainly. And then we get to, well, all right, we'll do these guys first. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Oh, dear. Uh... <laughs> I think I think Evil has got the short end of the stick there, to be honest. Mind you, considering, some, considering the poor performances Yujiro stuck in in G1 Climax, maybe Yujiro's got the short end of the stick. I was going to say they should have put Fale and Evil together, but then I just thought, no, 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 Mumba. no. It's shifted some weight around then. Give the other people a chance. And then, of course, you have the Gorillas of Destiny looking to stake a claim back to being the best tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which, looking at this list, they probably are. <laughs> and they've more or less had a year off since last World Tag League. Well, since January the 4th, they have not been involved in anything in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They've had some good matches and single matches in uh, on New Japan Strong on the Saturday shows. They've got to make a statement here, haven't they, really? They are literally the backbone of the New Japan tag team division and have been for the best part of three years. They've got to show in this tournament. They've really got to put some effort in. John. I don't really need to add anything to that, really. People know who Corellas of Destiny are by now. Um... I think I'm... I was going to say, because things are kind of slowed down with coronavirus, because we are supposed to get uh, Guns and Gallows back eventually, apparently. They say they've got a deal sorted with New Japan Pro Wrestling, or the rumour has been that they get a deal sorted with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And New Japan Pro Wrestling are talking to impact this one me as we're talking the the Super J Cup has got some has got Chris Bay and TJP in it who are impact wrestling guys. I suppose hey, TJP is really a New Japan guy who gets loaned to impact. But yeah, it's uh I think that's intriguing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's nice to see them working with companies. It's, I'd rather it not be this insular sort of, oh, it's us and us only. We missed Finn Juice. Yeah. I, I haven't missed them. I just haven't got to them yet. All right, all right. Because <laughs> the list you have and the list I have are in very different orders. I was saving them to last. As reigning champions and former IWGP tag team champions, Juice Robinson and Dave Finley make their triumphant return to World Tag League. Um, defending champions, not many being defending champions who've won. I'm just looking through the list. Um, I'll look at the champions list. Who's won World Tag League? And defense successfully defended the championship. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Evil and Sonata. Maccabay and Honma. Uh, Carl Anderson by himself he defended it in 2012 with Hiroki Goto and then defended it with Doc Gallows the following year once he joined Bullet Club um, 
Do, 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 do. No, those are the only teams that have actually defied. Tatsunuchi Fujinami in 87 and 91 successfully defended it. Um, as you probably imagine, Antonio Inoki is the most winningest tag team tournament wrestler in New Japan history with uh, four, um, four MSG Tag League Championships and a Japan Cup Tag League Tag Team Championship. He successfully won that with Yoshiaki Fujiwara back in 1986. By gum, that must have been a stiff tag team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, there we are. That that was that. So Finju, the odds are against him to defend it successfully. What are your thoughts on their chances? I don't rate them very highly, to be honest. Do you don't rate them as a tag team, or or don't rate them just to rate the chances? I don't rate their chances. It's not that they're a bad team, it's just the field's a bit too sort of against them. Because I can see a couple of potential winners, I suppose. Hmm. Then, again, yeah. then again, given who the champs are, hmm. hmm. I, I, I kind of got to say they were due a big tag feud with Dangerous Techers, which never got off the ground because they were stuck in America. Um, and then Juice had an injury, and even if he wanted to come, he couldn't. So, yeah, I think it'd be. I think it's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens with that. So, but yeah, but I, I, I don't dis. I, I think they'll make the final. I'm not sure they'll win. I think the only thing that's really gone through my head is that I've dodged a bullet by not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to win World Tag League last again. I'm going to look at World Tag League. I watched the final last year and it was awesome. And it was absolutely one of the best tag matches I saw all of last year was the final with G.O.D. versus Finjuice. And the fact that Dave Finley finally got a big match win in a main event on a New Japan show. And it was Dave that carried the match, not, not Juice. And it was like it really established Dave Finley as a serious threat and made an awful lot more things make sense. And I think Dave Finley's arguably one of my wrestlers of the year because he's been so good when you've seen him but it kind of the COVID's kind of I think COVID's probably affected him more than any other wrestler because he should be in Japan and swinging for the fences really but he just can't because he just can't be in Japan Tag League always has go. the most unfortunate spot because it has some great matches but nobody gives a damn about it because yeah. New Japan don't really give a damn about tag wrestling well, I think they're giving more of a damn about tag wrestling. By the way, congratulations to the Finley family. Dave Finley V was born at the weekend. Well done. The toughest baby in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to Fit Finley. Grandfather Fit Finley. But there you go. All right, should we go to Best of Super Juniors? I'm, well, he said the fifth generation. I'm not sure if they've called him Dave, but David, but I'm not sure. But I hopefully they did. Anyway, so the best of Super Juniors. I'm going to go, well, no defending champion in this one, I don't think. Um, who won it last year? Can you? Oh, hang on. I've got the sheet in front of me. Oh, yeah. He did. <laughs> the less said about him, the better. <laughs> oh. Yes. Anyway, so let's go from reverse order. Master Wato. Chances? <laughs> yes. Uh... Dookie. Chances? <laughs> he said not not out of the question. I don't think he's winning it, but he's gonna. I want to see, like you've said, you've you've lit a sort of hope in me now that we get to see more of him. 
Yeah, definitely. Yoshinubi Kanemura. I don't know. I think Doki might outshine him this time. I think he'll have some big wins, but I don't think he'll. Um, I don't think he's going to win. I think he'll have some big name wins. I think he might beat Takahashi and he might beat Ishimori, but I don't Ishimori think he's going to win a lot. One of my favorite ever match wins of all time, and it's from last year's tournament where he just throws like young lions at someone until they can't. Miss. <laughs> I think that was against. Ta- was that against? No, who was that against? I can't remember. I didn't see. I didn't see was... of Super Juniors last year. It was, was taking a break. Big. It was someone big, and I can't remember who it was. But yeah, that was mm. hilarious because he literally—they were fighting all the way up like uh, Curricon Hall, and then yeah. right trying to run to meet the count. Kanemaru just literally lobs us a young lion at them. It takes him out, and he gets a count. <laughs> out. It, it, it's hilarious. Okay, El Desperado. See, this is a guy I want to win because. Desky yeah. is amazing. Desky is like the ultimate full package on a wrestler because he's charismatic as hell. He's athletic as hell. He basically looks like a heavyweight half the time. It's He's genuinely amazing, and yet he's kind of always been stuck relegated to like tag team stuff. I, yeah. want, him, I want him to have a breakout because I think he could be a really interesting junior heavyweight champion. Like I would say Bush is the next on the list and I would say the same thing about him. Uh, you know I'm always going to be rooting for Bushi. Yeah, I think I think I think his first run um was kind of curtailed and Desperado and Bushi are kind of in the same boat is like if it weren't for Roma Takahashi and Will Ospreay, those two would be the stars of the division by a long way. But because you've got them two hanging about and then you've got Ishimori as well. All of a sudden, they're third or fourth place down the totem pole, and it's not really fair because they're outstanding wrestlers, both of them. Well, thankfully, he who should not be named has pissed off up the heavyweight now. So Yeah, so it might shine some light on them. But, yeah, I think we're both in the same place. Raisuke Taguchi. No. No, just no. He Whole levels does, of no. He usually does well in tournaments, but he ain't winning this. Not with a field it, this competitive. If we get a big match to Gucci and he actually takes things seriously, which he might do, then I think we're going for a treat. If we're not, then I think you can have some comedy and he'll be entertained. Quite possibly. I think he's going to be the one big win that Master Wato gets. I think, to be honest with you, he at this stage in his career, he doesn't really care as long as the junior heavyweight division is doing well. I think that's basically where he's at. You know, he kind of refused. He kind of got offered to go up to heavyweight, but refused because he wanted to be the 69th IWGP junior heavyweight champion. <laughs> but I think that's basically where he's at in life. He's, he's a bit of a crazy guy, he's an individual, and I think he just wants to do the junior division right and, and look after the junior heavyweight division, and that's kind of his deal. And uh, that's where he's at, and I think that's fine for him. And I think it's fine for everybody else in the junior heavyweight division. He's never going to have a big like ace run with the title anymore he might win it for a couple of months just to kind of freshen things up but i think he's i think he's i think he's just happy doing what he's doing you know yeah I, he's a bit hippie-ish kind of, but he's kind of a bit of a hippie to be honest he <laughs> has this nice little spot that he's kind of carved out for himself and he doesn't really need anything else and i can kind of respect that because it's like yeah, he, that's it he's one of these people who's not in it for himself he's in it no 
for the sake of the future and the occasional 69 joke. And yeah. that's admirable as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hiromu Takahashi, now we're talking our favourites, is next on the list. Probably. I don't say he's going to win it. I, mm, it I would it be Wrestle Kingdom without Hiromu Takahashi, though? I think because they've got two nights to fill, someone's going to screw Hiromu out of the like out of the win, and they'll mm. have a match on one of the nights, and then the junior heavyweight match will happen on another night. Oh, I... how about this? Taiji Ishimori wins this and then challenges Takahashi to say you're the best junior heavyweight because if the if the champion wins, they get to pick the challenger. So, I. See, I'd love that, because oh. Ishimori and Takahashi, brilliant. But it's like, having Takahashi win just feels a tad too predictable. He is the ace, and he is by far the biggest star. He's, he's the biggest star in the division, and arguably he's the second or third biggest star in New Japan. You know, he's going to be one of these characters that's going to break out of the junior heavyweight division. I don't think he'll ever make a serious heavyweight. He's 42 pounds too light, and he's a foot too short. However, I do think he could make a, a serious inroad into the main event division. I don't think he needs the tournament win, honestly. Takahashi's he... kind of elevated to the point that he doesn't need these types of wins. Like, he can manage to find a way in and people will buy it because it's Takahashi. I... I... I do, but I don't think that goes with the way New Japan book. It's got to be very predictable in that sense. And I think the predictable thing to do is is to have Takahashi win. I think you can have plenty of screwball with that. I don't think he has to win at Wrestle Kingdom. In fact, he could sign off. the If, if you're going to make him a serious crack at the heavyweight division, obviously he was the first challenger to Evil earlier in the year, but he didn't really... He, he wrestled like a junior heavyweight and he, and he lost because he was a junior heavyweight and that was the story that they told. I think if you're going to make him a heavyweight, he has to go out with a flourish. So I think he wins this and kind of, he can go up or he stays as the ace of the division, in which case he's no good without the belt. So that's kind of where I am with this. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I think, I think the way New Japan work has got to be a bit different to what other people would do in terms of predictability stakes. Which is a bit of a shame, really, because it means you can probably tell the winner a mile off. Possibly. Uh, you've also got Show, who's another person who's kind of had a breakout year as a singles wrestler. Obviously was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion uh, up until uh, Yo having to relinquish the championships because of injury and was kind of talking about being a singles wrestler anyway. Uh, you're not going to get a best of Super Juniors Tag League this year because you're just not because there isn't time between now and Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, that super, that junior heavyweight tag team division, which is Kanemaru and Desperados to command at the moment, there's no teams coming through on that because there hasn't been long enough shows for them to establish that title. And I have a feeling that Kanemaru and Desperado will keep that championship for as long as they want them. Um, unless the rumour, well... Desperado set a rumor off about wanting to wrestle Motor City Machine Guns, and if that's a possibility, I suppose they could. Um, but it, I suppose you could get them over for January the 4th. Um, not like they're doing anything else. <laughs> I'm from... slightly concerned with some of that, because um, just as an aside, 
Um, Minoru Fujita, current BJW Deathmatch heavyweight champ, mm. has caught Corona. He's been documenting it on his Twitter. It's Oh dear, that's not good. And I, it's like, because it's kind of gone quiet over in Japan about the sort of Rona situation. So just to sort of read that someone so prominent got it, I was like, oh shit. So yeah, yeah. get well soon, Minari Fujita. Thank you for yes, doing... Yes, please do. Because um, he's been documenting how the symptoms have hit him and things like that. Because he sort of, oh yeah, I've got it. I found out that I've got it. I know yeah. who I've got it from. And it's he sort of quite scientifically dissected how things have hit him. It's it's almost a morbidly interesting thread, like thread to read, just so you can see how the sort of virus hits some people. Hmm. That's interesting. But yeah. You should just, go look at that. So yeah, it's still a threat over there, but I suppose if they can work out the sort of like travel safety arrangements and they've got enough time, then yeah, they'll probably... Well, I mean, they have been like flying people in early and putting them up in hotels to self-isolate, so it does essentially mean no Christmas at home because they'll have to self-isolate until the 4th, which would be the 20th of December, or 21st of December. So that'll be that's the way it is, though. That's the way you're going to have to do it. So anyway, show. What's your thoughts on show in the World Tag League, uh, Best of Super Juniors? I think it'll help him break out a bit more as a single star, but I don't think he's winning it. It's like he would be, a, he'd be an interesting guy to have win it, but since it's... It's more almost like his second year as a sort of single star, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. he had a good show in last year. He's had the feud with Shingo. He's like he's got the tools to be amazing. It's just I don't think New Japan want to pull the trigger on him yet. Because no, probably, I think that uh, they'll probably be holding out for Yo to come back so they can do like one last proper tag run, and then they'll let him be his. Like a single star. Yeah, I think so. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think, oh, and last. Sorry. I think Shaw will be the perfect person to replace Takahashi when Takahashi moves up, because they've got the same level of well, all not the same level, but Shaw is really damn popular. So yeah, if they need a new ace, he'll kind of fill that role because he's. He's a unique junior in that he doesn't really act like a junior. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. And finally, representing Chaos will be Robbie Eagles, who will have some cracking matches but isn't winning it. Unless they decide to do something special. It's nice to see Eagles back, at least. Yes. He's a very uh, unique talent, and I've missed seeing him. For sure, definitely. All right, then we move on to the Super J Cup 8th stage. For those of you who don't know, there has been several seven previous stages. <laughs> the first stage would be uh, the original Super J Cup in 1993, I think. 94, sorry, which was won by Wild Pegasus. That's Chris Benoit. And then 95 was won by Jushin Liger uh, when it was um, hosted by Wrestling Association R. The following year, Michinuki Pro um, hosted it, and that was again won by Jushin Liger. 
in 2004, Osaka Pro Wrestling hosted it, and it was won by Naomichi Marufuji, who defended that title in 2009 uh, back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was put on hold for well, eight, seven years. Kushida won it in 2016, and then it was held again in 2019. Um, and El Fantasma won that one. That was last year, last August. Um, and he won a British J Cup that year as well, which I actually saw him win that. I was there. Um, and then this year, the defending champion will be in the tournament. Super J Cup is a knockout tournament as opposed to round robin like the best of Super Juniors. Pose the two blocks in best of Super Juniors because they just couldn't get the talent. Like he was saying, there's all sorts of restrictions on movement into Japan. They managed to round up 10 junior heavyweights who so we were all exceptionally very good. And the guys they would normally get to guest have been kind of shuffled off into the Super J Cup. So first round, Clark Connors versus Chris Bay of Impact Wrestling. Clark Connors from the LA Dojo. He's very good. Uh, Chris Bay, also very good former X Division champion. Your thoughts on that matchup, sir? See, Chris Brett, Chris Brett, Chris Bay is amazing. So this this is an amazing sort of spotlight for him. I think because Clark Connors is still technically considered a young line, uh, Bay's probably going to win this. But undoubtedly, it, <laughs> it, it's going to be an amazing match either way, just because of the people in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I would agree with that. ACH versus TJP in the match of the initial wrestlers. Go go ACH! It's got to be ACH. Yes. The guy's on yeah. a tear. He. He was I, one of the MVPs of the collective weekend. He's lit wrestling on fire since coming back, and he can still go better than 90% of the people on this planet. Like, TJP is good, but he's not ACH. And also, uh, ACH is a, a nice person. <laughs> and TJP, renowned Trump supporting flat earther. So we'll move on from there. Ray Horace uh, versus Blake Christian. Don't know a lot about Blake Christian. I think he's had some good matches on uh, the New Japan Strong Show on Saturdays on New Japan World. He's been good on that. And Ray Horace is that literally translates to the son of Ray Mysterio. Uh, that's the. <laughs> so that's not Ray Mysterio Jr., that is the son of Ray Mysterio. He's also known as the second El Hijo del Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I've just known him as Ray Horace, to be honest. Uh, well, he was originally announced as Ray Horace. He, sorry, Ray Mysterio, El Hijo del Rey Mysterio. He was presented by both Rey Mysterio Sr. and Conan. So he does have, like, you've kind of got to, like, um, I should explain. Ray Horace died off as a AAA wrestler and he's associated with MLW. Um, and I'm assuming he's got this through the Mexican connection through Major League Wrestling and Ring of Honor as well, yeah. Um, right, so the rights to a name like Rey Mysterio Jr. is usually passed down through family like Rey Mysterio Sr. and Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, King of Mystery Sr. and Jr. But it can also just be bought. <laughs> you can pay a certain amount to a wrestler and suddenly become their son. Um, that's how it works and hence the reason why you know and it's been made more complicated or some people give it because they're trainees and they feel that like they've deserved it and it's been made more complicated because cmll and AAA have now started um copywriting names so la parker 
um, who passed away last year, the AAA wrestler, wasn't the original La Parker. That's L.A. Park, who, who wrestles is. for CMLL. And MLW. <laughs> and MLW. But he left out, but he started in, in AAA, but it was a AAA copyrighted name. He fell out with AAA when he was their biggest babyface after being a heel for most of his career, but had a massive feud with Sabinetico in the late 90s. Um, and then left, but couldn't keep the name. So they, and then he became L.A. Park, and La Parker was given to another wrestler. Then he went back to AAA to have a feud over the L.A. Park, uh, La Parker name, which he won, but still had to call himself L.A. Park in CMLL. <laughs> I just love the fact then, that he wasn't, he was like, oh yeah, you can't have your name, so he just literally called himself La Authentica Park. Which just means yeah. the authentic Philip. Like yes. so, yeah, so it, and now he wrestles back in Triple Eight as LA Park. Because he's part of Los Ignorables in Triple A, which has nothing to do with the Los Ignorables in CMLL, except for Roosh left CMLL and started his own Los Ignorables because no one in CMLL bothered to copyright the Los Ignorables name. Basically, Mexican politic wrestling politics is a mess. Oh, it's amazing! Ah, <laughs> uh, with this one, I can see it going to Blake Christian though. He's yeah, like yeah. he's the biggest sort of breakout of 2020. He's been tearing up in GCW. He's been tearing up on New Japan Strong. He is literally going to be the sort of biggest high flying like junior babyface in America, if not the world, by probably this time next year at longest. He's insanely talented, insanely good, and he's always adding like new stuff to his arsenal. Like I've seen him have like high flying bouts with Myron Reed, Leo Rush, people like that, and then also managed to go toe to toe with Chris Dickinson. So like the kid's got variety. <laughs> I, I can't sing his uh, praises enough. He's one of my favorite people to cover for GCW. Ah, there you go. And then the last match will be El Fantasmo versus former WWE Cruiserweight champion Leo Rush. Hmm. Or NXT Cruiserweight champion. That one could be the most interesting one on the card. Uh, the knock on Fantasmo is he wasn't really trying that hard in his main main event run in. New Japan Pro Wrestling before, but he was kind of a heel and he wasn't supposed to be trying that hard. It's like a difficult thing to ask. He fantastic on great matches when he wants to. So, like, if he's put yeah. in an event, he tends to put on good matches. It's, he can be like a physical, on... but as you said, it's a character thing. Yeah, and also. I, I'd be honest, I've not seen Leo Rush wrestle. I'm intrigued to watch him because I just haven't seen him wrestle because he was a WWE guy and obviously he came up through the indies that I'd missed. So he's I'd be intrigued been, as to see how he goes. He's been back on the indies for the past few months. He's done a mat. He had a match against Brian Cage at VXS. That was amazing. He had the match with Blake Christian yesterday, which, holy cow. He's and he was doing stuff at the collective as well. He had the match with Janella, which was meant to be his last ever match, but wasn't. There's he's still really damn good. 
and he's got a, his attitude's improved so much since like when he was the brash. Oh yeah, look at look at everyone wanting to sign me. He's just mm. this humble, hardworking, really talented wrestler, and I think yeah. he's going to get the upset over Phantasma. Because I think that'd be intriguing. Either way, it's going to be a brilliant damn match. Like this, this might be the most exciting tournament out of all of them, just because of the guys they've got. Because you've got yeah. AH, Leo Rush, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Ray Horace, Phantasma, and Clark Connors, who are all like really good at what they do. And then you've got TJP, who, yeah, he's good at what he does, but you're a bit of a tool. <laughs> you, you lose yes. bonus points for lack of character. Which you yes. even used to joke about in WWE in the bloody, oh, what was it called? They did the parody. Five Live. No, they did the bloody parody thing of like all Georgia Midwest Territory wrestling. Oh, the, yeah, the um, South yeah, another regional one pro wrestling. That's it, yeah. yeah. Where he, he pretended to be this charismaless sort of guy and showed more charisma than he had in his entire WWE run. And it's like... And much, much of the reason why Impact Wrestling kept him under a mask for a very long time. <laughs> to be fair, he, he has great matches because he's really gift, like a really gifted submission wrestler. So he fits a gap perfectly. He's just an asshole about it. Oh yeah, just just an absolute jerk. It's like if he's trained by Shinsuke Nakamura. If he suddenly lost the ability to speak, it would do him a favor. Yeah. Sticking back under a mask. This, this was this was like I can't remember who was wrestling, but they did one of the New York shows, and he was one of the young boys who was kind of a heelish one of the young boys, and they just started booing. TJP was supposed to be the returning hero coming back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he came out as a babyface, and then realized in about thirty-two seconds nobody liked him. <laughs> it's and he was like, right then. <laughs> it's like Twitter just makes you hate people. I thought, well, I think, yeah. See, this is the thing. Is like, I obviously we're in election season, and well done to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Let's point that out there. The whole world has breathed a sigh of relief. However, for the most, you know, there is there is some things. It is like, you know, Sergeant Slaughter is a Republican. He's a well-known conservative, but he hasn't rammed it down to people's throats. He's retweeted some Trump stuff, but he's not like gone on a mass conspiracy about QAnon stuff. He's just kind of supported his candidate, which you kind of expect a conservative to do. That doesn't seem too unreasonable for me. But retweeting a bunch of men's right activist stuff and saying, you know, this all the time about like, well, Trump's done this and Trump's done that and COVID and I'm not wearing a mask and da 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 Yeah, no, you're clearly a jerk. <laughs> and you're endangering other people's lives. It's not quite as bad as Austin Aries, who claims to be apolitical and still ram down the same stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> at at <and> least he <laughs> picked a side. It might be the wrong side in a lot of people's eyes, but at least he picked a side. <laughs> He's not. Flip, just... flip, flip oh, Gordon, you... who. I was going to say, oh. a Flip Gordon who didn't vote in this election and was quite vocal about not voting in this election, as someone pointed out, we would like to applaud you for making the sensible choice in not voting in this election, Flip. We support you. Please don't ever vote again. Um, 
I kind of just want Flip to go on this legendary adventure to try and find the edge of the Earth, only to keep going <laughs> in circles for the rest of time because the Earth is round, you dipshit. Flip like, Gordon and Moose. Like he's ah uh, no, because yeah, Moose it... is on a Moose is on a decent run. I I quite like. Moose. <laughs> But he is a flat earther, an abeminant flat earther as yeah, well. Yeah, but wait until yeah. he's done with his title story, which is actually quite interesting. This is this <laughs> is the bit. This is all everybody I said he would do is like you get into a wrestle and some just go flat earther, and then you are like, oh shit, really? Oh, it's like, I've kind, <laughs> I almost find it adorable. Because it's like, oh, someone <laughs> failed grade school science. Oh, <laughs> I just want to pinch their cheeks and tell them, hey, look, your cheek's round. Are you going to tell me that's flat, too? It's yeah, like... no, I, yeah, it, it was. I saw Moose in the back Rover progress show once, and I was like, but he flew here. Surely he must have looked out the window and realized the world is round. But no, apparently not. Uh, I, I, for the most part, flat Earth stuff's harmless because nobody can take it seriously. But again, it's it just sort of it's like you haven't taken that many chair shots to the head. What's your excuse for this? Well, his argument is prove that it's round. It's like this pictures. Oh, my, <laughs> my favorite thing is I am there's a Netflix documentary or it was a documentary that was on Netflix called Behind the Curve. It was um, all about like flat earthers, how they, why they believe the things they do, the society around it, and they right. did this experiment involving a laser and a gyroscope, and they were like, right, yeah, well, sorry, it was a laser gyroscope. I think it was some sort of fancy tech that they'd spent thousands of like dollars on. They did right. the experiment and it proved the Earth was round, in their own documentary. <laughs> and if that doesn't signify flat earth I don't know what does but there you go maybe we should talk about happier things because well it's the end of the show and we've run out of things to talk about uh, but thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today we hope you enjoy the efforts of New Japan Pro Wrestling to keep you entertained in the tail end of 2020 and the hellscape we've had to put up with because this has been awful um, and they are trying to bring you joy, and we support them in that. Thank you to my guest today, Mr. John Dinsdale. Appreciate your work today, sir. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been fun to ramble, as always, considering I dipped off halfway through the G1. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can we find you on your social medias? You can find me at Twitter, user John Deathman. It's the edgiest wrestling name there is. Not called evil. There is. A whole gateway to sort of steel chair writings, ramblings about death matches, AEW, DDT. I've started covering Chocker Pro, which is the funniest little promotion ever. <laughs> yeah, just trying to keep myself busy during lockdown. Yay. Same here, really. Yes. Uh, we Come will battle hello. world tag. Hello. Just you yeah. do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon, uh, where if you could like to help keep Troopany Show free forever, we would really appreciate that. Um, and you can also find us on uh, Facebook as well as the Troopany Show. We'll be back next week. Not sure what we'll be looking at. I will be back with World Tag League. I will be doing a day-by-day show like I did for the G1 Climax. I'm not sure if I will be doing the... Yes, by myself. That's fine. I don't mind. I have friends. Um, 
<laughs> but it was actually fun to do, and I got a lot of positive remarks about it. So we'll do it again for World Tag League because we never do World Tag League, and I'm going to be stuck at home with nothing to do. So we may as well do World Tag League. Um, thank you very much for listening today, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.